Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to the Thursday edition of Best on the Board, the college football weekend preview edition. No, this is not Michael Beller. It's John Hayes at the mic today. Um, who am I? What do I know about college football? It's a good question, and I uh, appreciate you asking. Um, I, I am the supervising producer of our college football vertical here at The Athletic on the podcast side of things. Uh, before that, uh, worked with ESPN and SEC Network, produced, as many of you might know, the Paul Feinbaum Show um, for six years. So I am uh, very much engaged when it comes to SEC football. Uh, know it really well. And the good news is we've got a lot of SEC games this weekend, good ones, and we've got a couple of them uh, that we're going to discuss this weekend, this week on the show. Uh, I'm joined today by uh, a regular Dan Santa Marita. He's one of our sports betting editors here at The Athletic. Dan, welcome to week five. It's already week five of the college football season, man. This goes really fast. Uh, welcome to the show. What games do you have your eye on this week? Well, this, like you said, is a fun slate of games. I'm excited to see conference play in full swing. I'm really excited for Arkansas, Georgia. I like Arkansas there. Uh, and then on the, the less exciting side, I think Boston College could keep it close with Clemson. I think those are, those are two games to, from the betting side I'm excited about. And, of course, as we'll get into some other big games, like you know Cincinnati-Notre Dame should be fun. There's a lot of stuff to keep an eye on. Uh, and then betting numbers are interesting in a lot of these games too. So nothing easy, but always fun. You know what? You say that maybe the, the the BC spread and the Clemson game is not very interesting right now. I'll disagree with you right off the top of the show. <laughs> I mean, the fact that Clemson has two losses right now, could you imagine if if somehow this weekend Boston College pulls the upset and, and Clemson has lost uh, three games uh, at this point in the season uh, based on what that program has been? That would be insane. And that line is 16 points. It's a, it's a big number. Um, there's, there's no doubt about that, and, and we're going to get into that breaking down. But first, I want to introduce our other panelists today, Andrew DeWitt. He's our senior editor uh, of our sports betting vertical here at The Athletic. Uh, Andrew, I know you've, you went between a couple different games this week, but you've, you've settled on two. What are they? Uh, I've settled on Iowa at Maryland, the Friday night special. Got Good to get a game in there that's not on Saturday for our betting friends. And then uh, I came back. Jump between USC and Colorado and Cincinnati at Notre Dame. We'll talk about Cincinnati at Notre Dame. It's a fun game, but then we'll, you know, maybe we'll talk on the USC Colorado game a little bit too. Yeah, we can we can have, we can include that because originally that was your your pick, and you said you were waffling between Notre Dame, Cincy, USC, Colorado. So maybe we'll offer a bonus pick on on this week's show. And and for me, I'm circling two games. Um, one one game that I know two programs very well, and another game where I know one program very well. Ole Miss at Alabama. 
covered those programs extensively. Uh, I'm excited to dive into that matchup and Indiana at Penn State. Uh, I'm a Penn State alum. Uh, I was just at the whiteout game a few weeks ago against Auburn. Um, that number is a little big. Penn State almost a two-touchdown favorite over that uh, pesky uh, Indiana football team. I love Tom Allen. He's a, he's a heck of a head coach, and he's somebody that, that I'm a little bit nervous about this weekend, but I feel like Penn State may have some motivation after last year's loss on the road, which was that really a loss? I don't know. We can have that discussion. Uh, (laughs) I didn't think so. I did not think so. We can have that discussion another time, but it seems like it's been settled here on the show today. Um, So let's start with Dan. Let's, let's, let's get our first game up. Uh, Let's start diving into some of these matchups. Dan, Arkansas plus 18 on the road at Georgia. Who do you like and why? Yeah, I like Arkansas. I think it maybe is a little bit of recency bias because of how good they looked against Texas A&M. But that's just an awful lot of points for a team that all of a sudden looks like a legit top 15 team and has the talent to go with it. You know, Ari Wasserman's usually on the show talking about stars and talent on the roster, and Arkansas actually has some, uh, and they were able to show it. Traylon Burks looked like a pro. Uh, K.J. Jefferson was very solid, made some big plays at quarterback. Of course, both those guys are banged up, which is the asterisk for me taking this game. It's like maybe wait on the injury news and see what happens there because uh, – Arkansas's offense looked different. Although Jefferson did finish that game against A&M, Arkansas's offense looked very different with him not on the field. However, the thing is, Arkansas's defense, I think, is actually getting a little bit underrated here. They held Texas A&M to 10 points. uh, And and honestly, I think the more impressive one looking back might have been the 21 they gave up to Texas. And that includes a garbage touchdown when that game was already over. It was 40-14 to and Texas got a late score. So and this is a Texas team that put up 70 on Texas Tech and 58 on Rice and 38 in Louisiana, and Arkansas really held them down. So I think Arkansas's defense is as good a reason to, to take the points here, plus the talent on offense. And, and let's be honest, I don't know, Georgia got overrated maybe because of that Clemson game. Do we think that win is all that impressive now? So, you know, maybe, maybe this game is closer. I'm not saying Georgia's not a top three team, but I think 18 points might be too many. It's a great point, and, and I'm glad that you brought up the, the Clemson game and whether Georgia is overrated or not. I think they're properly rated based on the, the talent that they have, but now seeing what Clemson has done, especially on the defensive side of the football, and and you scratch your head and, you're say, and you say you, you couldn't score a touchdown against that Clemson defense the, the first week of the season, and it's been all cupcakes since, since for, for Georgia. But – um, the more you guys get to know me and the more the listeners get to know me, I love points. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to argue with, with having 18 points in my back pocket, um, with a top 10 football team and a team that feels motivated, uh, this year. Andrew, are you on the same side there or, or would you lean Georgia? Uh, I'd lean Arkansas as well. They just seem like the better team and, and maybe not better, but just like more, like Dan said, the defensive side of the ball is going to be key in this game is, you know, if they can hold down Georgia's offense, that's going to put a lot of pressure on Georgia's defense. And then they start running the ball a little bit more and they try and control the clock a little bit. And it's like, hey, there's really good things from both sides. And that's why I think 18 points in a conference game is just a lot. 
It's a ton. And if you're thinking about the hogs, if you're saying, Dan, I, I like what, what you're thinking this weekend, it makes sense. There might be a little chip on their shoulder. Sam Pittman's a great motivator. I think one thing that really works into Arkansas's favor is the, the noon kickoff time in Athens. It's it's tough. I mean, the, the tailgate scene in Athens is, is almost second to none in college football. These fans know how to go crazy. Sanford Stadium is going to be wild. But that noon kick just allows maybe for a little bit of a sleepy start if you're an underdog where you can potentially score early, set the tone in this football game, and, and maybe quiet the crowd down a little bit. So that's just something extra to think about when it comes to this game, the fact that it's a, that it's a noon kick um, at home for Georgia. It might not be as crazy as it would be if this was, say, 7 o'clock on ESPN in, in prime time. So Arkansas plus 18 is our first official uh, game on the board this week uh, in college football. Andrew, next up, I'll, I'll go to you. And this is a Friday night special. You called it a Friday night special, and I respect that. There's nothing like college football action on Thursday and, and, and Friday night, especially when it includes a top five team in the country. Iowa on the road at Maryland. Maryland's a three-and-a-half-point home dog. Uh, what do you see happening here, and what do you like? First off, just two general betting things I like. One, I like home teams on weekday, weekday nights. I think the teams get used to their travel schedule. The players get used to traveling on Friday afternoons. And it just, when they're traveling on Thursday, they got to figure out their class schedule, their practice thing gets all thrown out of whack. I just like these teams at home because they keep more of a normal schedule during the week, even if it's a Friday night game. Secondly, I mean, I just like home dogs. I'll just go ahead and throw that out there. Anytime I Me get and you points, both, by the way. Especially right now, it seems, and I don't know if I was going to track in this on the NFL. I, I do a lot more NFL stuff at the Athletic than I do college football. But these home teams, you know, these home underdogs are really catching in the NFL. I think we're seeing a little bit of like a bounce back from COVID where we had a lot of empty or half-empty stadiums last year. And I think home field is kind of becoming more of a factor. So for Iowa, going on the road, I think Iowa is a great team at home. and I think they have a great home field advantage. But I think – you know, even if Maryland isn't known to have the best home field advantage, I think just having a home field advantage on a Friday night is a huge advantage. So I'll just throw out those factors out the start. It, it makes sense to me. And here's – I told you guys this offline before we started recording. Like, if you tell me Maryland's a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the number five team in the country at home, I say something stinks. Like – it's a Friday night. It's an 8 o'clock home start. To me, if, if I'm setting the line on this game, I'm nowhere near three and a half points. I'm up towards a touchdown. I'm maybe even close to double digits here. I've seen Maryland have hype at home and, and get smashed in, in the past as, as a short home dog. So there's precedent been set, but still for some reason the lines makers feel like this is only a three and a half point number. Could, do you have any... Do you have any insight into that? Did you possibly feel the same way? Why is the line so short? I don't, you know, I don't know, but I think it's because people are looking at Iowa's offense and they have one of the worst offenses in the Big Ten. We've seen this already. They've struggled. They have a great defense. And, the, you know, when I look at Iowa, like they have, you know, the penalty situation on that team. They are number two in the Big Ten in penalties. They are, draw, they are just committing penalties left and right. And eventually that's going to catch up with you. And typically, you don't see top 10 teams in the country that are that bad at like, penalties in every single game. They've, they've had close to 10 penalties per game so far this season. So I'm just looking at that. I'm looking at Maryland. They had a good win against West Virginia. 
Um, you know, they have a really good offense. They have ba- it's a balanced team. They have a, they're ranked third in the Big Ten in offense and fourth in defense. So obviously, we I'm my assumption is that Maryland is going to be able to stop Iowa on defense and then put up some points on the board at some point somehow in this game. And then the penalties could come back to haunt Iowa. Maryland doesn't take a lot of penalties. Iowa's taking penalties left and right, offense, defense. And I just, you know, that's, but then we circle back to the factors where it's like, oh, Maryland's at home on a Friday night. I just like all those fact, all those factors combined just kind of made this circle, this game right away. Is when I was looking at the spread, I was like, oh, I like that spread immediately. When we, when I was talking to Dan early in the week, like, oh, what game are you going to pick? And I was like, oh, I like that one right away, so. And by the way, that's why you listen to to Best on the Board. Andrew's doing his research. He's bringing it to the show. He's diving deep into penalty numbers, and that's legit. I mean, on the road as a short favorite, it's a Friday night game. It's a team that commits a lot of penalties, probably doesn't uh, throw the ball down the field very well. Number five team in the country, potentially upset. Would you be go, Would you be willing to go as far as saying outright? As you said, I always like points, especially three and a half. <laughs> so you're going to take the three and a half. Um, especially on the key number. Like when I'm getting three and a half, like that just feels a little bit better. Yeah, it does. I don't, I'm not going to go out and say that Maryland's going to win this game outright. I just I just see value in the three and a half number, and that's kind of where I'm sticking at. Yeah, I, I like the hook. Give me the three and a half as well. And by the way, I'm sprinkling a little bit on outright. Are you kidding me? The line stinks. Give me, give me, give me the terps out on right, right, right in this game. There's no doubt about that. Um, I'll finish our first round of games, um, and I'll just come uh, straight forward to the table with it. I like Ole Miss on the road at Alabama, and I love the two touchdowns that Lane Kiffin is getting here in this situation. I love the fact that Ole Miss has had a bye week heading into this football game in Bryant-Denny Stadium. Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban, you know the history. Uh, nobody knows that Crimson Tide program like Lane Kiffin does. And the reason why is because his career was resurrected there. And he's been very careful to make sure that he's complimented Nick Saban along the way. And I can tell you both this, and I can tell our listeners along the way. Behind the scenes, maybe that friendship between Lane Kiffin and Nick Saban isn't exactly what you think it is. And I'll just leave it at that. And Kiffin is going to go into this game with a chip on his shoulder. Uh, If there's a, a time and a place for Ole Miss to upset Alabama again. And remember, Ole Miss, a thorn in Bama's side when Hugh Freeze was there. There was one team in the SEC. There has, well, really, there's been two teams, guys, in the SEC that that have been able to stand up to this to this Alabama dynasty. LSU fans are going to be annoyed at me saying it's not them, but it's just not. They had one one season and it hasn't really happened other than that. But Auburn is a team that's done it. Gus Malzahn's record against Nick Saban speaks for itself. There's one program in the SEC that's been able to beat Alabama regularly during this dynasty, and it's Auburn. And there's another team that's given them fits, has been able to win football games, and that's Ole Miss. And if you haven't heard of Matt Corral, probably should have by now. He's a Heisman favorite. But still a sleeper name, I think, in college football. Not yet a household name. I think he becomes a household name around 6, 7 p.m. Eastern on on Saturday because he's he's a guy if you haven't heard his interview this week on the Andy Staples show and friends I would check it out um, going to that podcast feed I'll be honest with you guys like his his comments leading up to this football game like are borderline cocky and 
that type of swag is what you need if you're going to go into the belly of the beast and, and, and win a football game. And, that, and that's why I love the 14 too. It's like, I, I think Ole Miss has a chance to win this game straight up. Uh, do, do, do you guys feel in any way that this line is maybe a little bigger than it should be, just like the Arkansas line was maybe as well against Georgia? I like the points. I think if I was to pick this one, I, I would. I, I'm a little wary when it comes into shootouts where this could be 50 to 31 awfully quick and all of a sudden you're not covering and it was closer the whole way. And and you're a couple turnovers from Matt Corral if he comes in there a little too cocky and there's a big turnover. And and look, Ole Miss, top, uh, top in the country in yards per game. They've been really putting up numbers, but have they really played anybody yet? Uh, that Alabama's a bit of a step up in competition what they've seen. Uh, I, I like the thought. Uh, I also think the Lane Kiffin, Nick Saban subdrama is incredible. Like Kiffin and his quarterback having that kind of swag is so perfect. That's yeah, like a match made in heaven. Uh, man, though, I I hate putting money against Alabama. I really like. I, if I were to, you know, gun to my head, I'm picking it. I would go on Ole Miss, but I don't like having Alabama on the other side of my money. <laughs> You and me both, but I just look at that number, and, I, and it's and it's a key number as well. You're getting two, you're getting two touchdowns. In some places, you're going to get the hook on that too. Um, but you know, give me Ole Miss, give me the plus fourteen. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And my favorite thing after round one of our picks this week is that we're all on dogs to start. Uh, I'm, I'm here for that. So let's get into round two. We've got three more games for you this weekend, as well as a bonus pick. Um, USC and Colorado, we'll get to that as well towards the end. Boston College, a 16-point underdog on the road at Clemson. We talked about Clemson's struggles. Do you think BC can give them a game? This is one that it's, it seems too good to be true for me at this point. Like It seems like the market hasn't fully adjusted to how bad Clemson's offense is because Boston College, you know, they're fine. I think they're you know a decent team. They just beat Missouri last week in overtime at home. Uh, you know, decent win, I guess. I, I just don't see a competent team like Boston College, which I think they are solid on both sides. Maybe not great, but solid. You know, Clemson... Didn't score a touchdown against Georgia, and I understand Georgia's defense is awesome. Uh, but then they also only put up 14 against Georgia Tech and 21 against North Carolina State. Do we really think they can cover 15 and a half against pretty much anybody in the ACC at this point? Like, are, are we that sure that that offense can put up 35, 40 points? Like, that's kind of where I come at when this one is. I, I don't know. I mean, Clemson's 0-4 against the spread, so the market still hasn't fully adjusted. And I'm going to ride that one more time. I think Boston College is pretty solid. I don't know that Clemson has the we're angry at the world and we're going to run the score up on somebody ability this year with that offense. I'm not sure that we're going to see that from them. So I, I like this pick just because I don't think Clemson can cover a big number. And Dabo Sweeney, he's he's shown his hand so far this season. He's a guy that kind of wears his heart on his sleeve, Dan. And, and, and when you think about what he's said in the press – and how honest he's been about the way he feels about his football team. I think that he 
really raised a red flag a couple weeks ago when he talked about you know the issues that they were having on the offensive line, the issues that they were having on defense, how this is the craziest start to a Clemson season since he's been there uh, in South Carolina. So for me, I hear those comments by a head coach, and I start scratching my head, and I say, is this guy grasping at straws already? And it's pretty clear that they are. Uh, you don't lose two games as a power like Clemson anymore and almost falling out of the top 25, by the way. How they're still ranked, I don't know. But they are, and we don't need to have that conversation about the AP poll right now. Uh, but it's useless. There, there's no doubt about that. Uh, but Boston College on the road, that's another dog. Andrew, do you got another dog for us here in this round two? I have another dog. And All speaking right. of, uh, I, you know, well, let's circle back to the AP poll, right? Yes. So Cincinnati, what, they're ranked seventh right now because of last season they won the American Conference. And they've played absolutely nobody outside of Indiana, which I'm not sure if Indiana counts as playing somebody. Um, and so now they're in the top 10 going into Notre Dame and you could say all the things you want to say about Notre Dame as like a ranked team and the playoff performance and, you know, how they play all these teams. But I mean, Cincinnati does not deserve to be in the top 10 based on anything they've done this season. Um, you know, it's not like Cincinnati went to the peach bowl last year and just beat the doors off Georgia. They lost that game. So, you know, just because you played in a decent game against Georgia in a, in a New York New York or New Year's Day six game, I mean, I don't really know why Cincinnati is ranked this high. Um, I'm not really sure why Notre Dame's a one and a half point favorite or a dog in this game. Like they're at home. Cincinnati obviously is going to be up for this game, but at the same time, Notre Dame's not overlooked Cincinnati coming to this game. I would say in the past, Notre Dame has overlooked some of these opponents that are not as from like the Midwest that they play like Toledo where they almost lost that game earlier this year. I mean, I think they overlooked Toledo, but I think Toledo is a really good football team in terms of being a good Mac football team. I'll just say that. And then you look at Notre Dame. I mean, they might be out without Jack Cohn this weekend. It sounds like, I think that's Brian Kelly just playing games. I think he knows who's going to be starting. I think he's just playing games with Cincinnati to kind of get back a little bit at them for everything they're saying in the press this week. You know, this isn't this isn't the NFL where you have to put out an injury report every week. And I think college coaches use that to their advantage in terms of like game planning, just so that the coaches have to be ready. And obviously, he sprained his ankle. That you know, sprained ankle is not a great injury for a quarterback. But I, I just see like Notre Dame being up for this game and just completely dominating this game. And I, I just don't understand why they're a home dog, you know, against Cincinnati, like. And maybe that's like the rankings and maybe that's, you know, the computer models are actually, I looked at a bunch of, you know, including the athletic computer forecast for this game and they were all pretty close. Like they're all saying, oh, Notre Dame by less than half a point or it's a coin toss game. But I just see Notre Dame with all these different factors going into it, you know, winning this game outright or at least covering the spread. And I just don't understand why they're an underdog. So that's just kind of how I look at this thing and go, well, why is Notre Dame a one and a half point underdog, even against Cincinnati, just looking at Cincinnati's like schedule and what they've done this so far this season. You know what Dan had mentioned the market when it when it came to Clemson and and maybe the lack of adjustment that's happening. Maybe there's just too much adjustment happening with Notre Dame right now. Uh, maybe people are overreacting to close games against Florida State, close games against Toledo, a team that didn't really have control of the football game until late fourth quarter against Wisconsin. That that score, and I know it's a cliche, but that score does not represent exactly how that game played out, and, and it's cliche because it's true. But at the end of the day, and, and, and I uh, – 
I work closely with with Pete Sampson and Matt Fortuna, who host the Shamrock podcast about Notre Dame football here on the Athletic Podcast Network. And those guys came into the season confident. And you, you could be two things right now for Notre Dame. You could have you you could be having an unbelievably poor season by losing to Florida State, or you could be undefeated in the top 10 with a chance to get right at home and get the momentum back. It's a great spot for Brian Kelly. I agree with you here, um, regardless who's playing at the quarterback position, because this team, and it's something that I found out about the Notre Dame program, guys, is that they just hang their hat on offensive line play. And a, a big difference between a school like Notre Dame and Cincinnati is the trenches. If you talk about the group of five compared to the power five, where you're going to see that talent deficiency on group of five football teams is in the trenches. So Notre Dame's offensive line could take this football game over. The running game could potentially as well. And by the way, Brian Kelly, former coach of Cincinnati, he wants to win this football game too, maybe more than anybody. Um, so so we'll see what happens on Saturday. Uh, it's a 2.30 kick. Uh, on NBC should be should be a really good football game. It's a great great slate of football. I mean, la- last weekend was a weak slate. This weekend is not. Uh, my final my final pick for this week before we get out of here uh, is a a game in which hits pretty close ho- to home for me. I told you I'm a Penn State alum. And by the way, that's not why I'm picking Penn State this weekend. Um, it's because this is a home game and there's a revenge factor involved. And my favorite thing about talking to you guys on this show today is that there's been just so many angles that we've discussed that aren't just like, they're better and they they have a better offense. And, and I really like this team. There's so many different things you have to take into consideration when betting football games. And motivation is near the top for me. And home field advantage is, is another thing. And, and Penn State has both of those things this weekend. And I'm, I'm going to ruin it here, guys. We're five for five on dogs, and I'm finally going with a favorite here. And it's not just a favorite. It's almost a two-touchdown favorite. I have a feeling that we might be listening to this podcast back next week, and, and we went five for five on these dogs, and all of a sudden this minus 13 Penn State pick looks like garbage if the Nittany Lions win a close game at home or even lose against Indiana. But I just feel like it's a program with momentum right now, uh, a quarterback who's starting to find himself in Sean Clifford. Uh, he's playing for yet another offensive coordinator. And you have that Villanova game sandwiched in between that massive game against Auburn and that huge game this weekend uh, against Indiana after what happened last season. And you guys said it earlier in the show, you guys don't like Indiana. And that's been a running theme on this show, hasn't it? I kind of listened back to some episodes. Yep. Well, where's the Indiana hate coming from? Well, I, I, I'm the one leading the charge in that. I'm two for two and fading Indiana so far. And, and I almost went three for three, and I was so happy to see you did it instead of me, so I didn't have to keep <laughs> the joke going. But, uh, look, I mean, look, you could, I could go down why Indiana's not as good as, as they were last year or even that they weren't that good last year. Um, but I think that Penn State game is number one on, the, on, that, on why. They probably shouldn't have won it. I still can't believe that call got made. And, and I think Penn State wasn't very good last year. Got Indiana a little overrated. They got brand name wins, yada, yada. Penix has not been as good as he was last year. I think he's still coming back from injury. Um, and, and look, in the, the games Indiana has played against quality competition, they've really struggled. Uh, didn't come close to covering in the opener against Iowa. Didn't cover against Cincinnati. They kind of hung around for a bit, but uh, Cincinnati pulled away and I think covered by like 10 points. Uh, and then Western Kentucky gave him a game last week. So that's not necessarily a good sign when you're going to Penn State. 
I, I really like this pick. I'm glad I don't have to be the one betting against Indiana again, uh, but I, I'm glad someone else is on board with Fade Knight. Yeah, we're going to keep it rolling here. Fade the Hoosiers on the show. I mean, and it, you hate to say it, you do, because last year was such a good story. For my money, probably one of the best stories in college football. I think Indiana head coach, coach Tom Allen is, is probably a top five motivator. Uh, when it comes to college football head coaches. So it's tough to go up against that, but it just feels like a good spot. And I love the fact that the number's under two touchdowns. You know, if it's late in the game, Penn State only up by one score, uh, they've got a chance to maybe get a touchdown on their, their final drive, cover the number, and maybe get into the back door as well. That's an opportunity here when you've got it under uh, 14 points. I said we were going to make a bonus pick, and, and we're just about out of time, so let's do it. Uh, USC and Colorado. Andrew, you brought this one to the table. Why don't you go ahead and go first? We'll, we'll, we'll all three of us make picks on this just for fun. Uh, it's Colorado is at home hosting USC. New coach. Colorado is seven-point underdogs. I am just taking USC here. And mainly it's because I'm fading Colorado's offense. They can't do anything on offense right now. They've scored two touchdowns in the last three games. I don't count the game at the beginning of the season where they beat Northern Colorado. Um, you know, they just got shut out by Minnesota 30 to nothing. Arizona State, you know, 35-13 last week. But they showed no fight in that game whatsoever. Two field goals that they should have just gone for it on fourth down. It was like they were just trying to score points so they felt better about the result. I just don't see Colorado hanging with USC at any part here. And I just see, you know, USC just going to move the ball and score at will. And Colorado's offense isn't going to do anything. It's just going to sputter and do nothing. So that's just my pick here is USC minus seven at Colorado. Dan, would you agree? Or are you on the other side? I think the logic is flawless. I just really hate this USC team as far as betting on them. They're so inconsistent and unpredictable. Like getting blown out by Stanford and Oregon State at home in the way they did in the last, what, three weeks scares scares me bad. I, I just couldn't I, – I wouldn't bet on a USC game or certainly on USC all year. And even though what you said makes perfect sense, and you're probably right, I'd be like, nope, staying away. Trojans are too unpredictable. Get out of here. <laughs> There's, and this is another one where, and I'm glad that we brought this up on the show, is that um, it's hard to understand where, like you said, they get blown out, but they're back on the road. They're turning around. They're going on the road, and, and they're more than a touchdown favorite uh, uh, in the road on the Pac-12. Here's an angle, too, I think, Andrew, that could potentially work into USC's favor is that – one week under a new head coach, you know, Helton gets gets fired and, and they got to go out there and play a game. And it's just like, it's a whirlwind. There's a lot of changes happening. It's hard to get everybody on the same page and go play a football game. And, and, and they clearly couldn't do that. Um, now you, you've got a chance. You're, you're, you're a couple weeks in and you have a footing as an interim head coach. You, you potentially can have an influence and guys are feeling more comfortable. Um, so maybe that's, but it's, but I'm laying off the game as well. Uh, but it's a bonus pick. Don't hold us accountable to it here on Best on the Board. It's a college football weekend. Guys, it's been a pleasure hanging out with you today, um, talking about college football, talking about the lines. Make sure you listen to all the athletic podcasts um, that cover college football. I mentioned the Andy Staples Show and Friends. Get there. We have a reaction show every Saturday night after all the games wrap up. Um, add that to your podcast rotation as well the audible with Stu and bruce another great national show for you to keep tabs on uh, ari wasserman uh, you mentioned him earlier on the show we got we got to say one thing before we get out of here congrats 
Ari, new dad this week. Um, well, he'll be back on the show here soon. Uh, but remember, you've, you've got to rate the show. It's, it's a new product here we have for you coming uh, from The Athletic. Best on the board. Rate the show if you like it. Leave us a five-star, just like Ari's favorite prospects. He'd really appreciate it. Um, leave us a review as well. Tell us what you like about the show. Tell us what you don't like about the show. Uh, we'll try to make this thing better for you. Uh, again, I'm John Hayes for Dan, for Andrew, Michael, back in the host chair next week. Unless my picks go undefeated and maybe I'll take his job. Who knows, guys? Uh, But in the meantime, uh, we'll talk to you soon. (laughs) 